Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This episode may contain content not suitable for some audiences, including crimes against children, mentions of suicide, descriptions of a graphic nature, and adult language at times. Listener discretion is advised. On the 23rd of December, 1994, Tracy Mertens heard a knock on her door in Rochdale. As soon as she answered it, Tracy was grabbed, blindfolded, and thrown into a car. For the hour that they drove, the mother of two went through every possible scenario in her head of what was about to happen to her. But not even in her worst nightmares could Tracy Mertens have guessed the brutality her kidnappers were going to put her through. You are listening to True Crime Britain. Join me, Rhiannon, each Wednesday as I tell the solved and unsolved stories of some of the most disturbing, mysterious and heartbreaking crimes committed throughout the United Kingdom. Welcome to this week's episode. In 1994, Tracy Mertens was a 31-year-old dinner lady and mother of two. She had a 12-year-old son, Daniel, and an 11-year-old daughter, Kelly. Tracy had been together with the father of her children, Joey Kavanagh, since they were teenagers. But the relationship had not been steady for some time. The family had recently moved from Birmingham back to Rochdale in November 1994, very hastily, without giving any explanation to relatives why they left Birmingham so quickly. 
Tracy's sister Sharon later recalled how weirdly the 31-year-old had acted earlier that summer. Apparently, Tracy had left Joey, took the children with her and stayed with her sister in Rochdale for a couple of weeks. During that time, Tracy made sure that she did not want Joey to know where she was. In addition, Tracy taped up the letterbox, the glass windows and even the curtains so they would not move. It was evident Tracy was scared. But was she terrified of her boyfriend of 15 years or somebody else? Nobody really knew for sure what was going on between Tracy and Joey. But eventually she returned to him and just months later the whole family moved to Rochdale. When Christmas time came around, Kelly recalls there were no gifts under the tree, but she always assumed that it was because they had moved so quickly. The children were still too young to realise just how much of a danger the family were really in. On the evening of the 22nd of December 1994, Tracy travelled the 100 miles back to Neshells, Birmingham, to pick up some belongings and the family's benefit book from their old house. The visit wasn't planned at all, and nobody knew Tracy was even going to be in Neshells that day. She was supposed to return to Rochdale straight away. However, something changed and Tracy ended up spending the night at her sister-in-law's home nearby and headed to her house at 10 Cattles Grove the following morning on December the 23rd. Tracy herself would later say that she had been at her old home for about 10 minutes before she heard a knock on the door at around noon. When she answered it, Tracy saw two overweight black males in their thirties staring at her before they barged into the house, asking, with their West Midlands accents, Where's Joey? Tracy refused to answer. Perhaps she was scared of what would happen to Joey, or maybe she was trying to protect her children by not letting the men know their current address. No matter the reason, the result was the same. As the men did not get what they wanted, they grabbed Tracy, blindfolded her, and threw her in the back of a yellow Mark II Ford Escort with a cuddly toy stuck on the window, parked outside. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this Improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improved jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. For a long time, Tracy just lay there in the darkness, not knowing where the men were taking her, what they would do to her, and whether she would ever see her children again. For an hour, Tracy was alone with her thoughts before the car stopped in Congleton in Cheshire, 65 miles from Nichelle's. The two men pulled Tracy out of the boot and threw her to the steps of Eton Church without saying a word. Still blindfolded, Tracy felt how her kidnappers poured a liquid all over her body. Tracy didn't have to see to know what it was. The smell of petrol was enough to cause a feeling of panic to sweep over her. Then, Just when the reality of the situation struck Tracy, the two men set her on fire and left the scene. It took hours before somebody finally happened at the scene. At around 4.10pm, a passerby found Tracy thanks to her screams for help. Despite having burns to over 95% of her body, Miraculously, Tracy was still alive and conscious. Her clothes were piping hot and melted in a way that her aide initially thought Tracy was wearing some kind of costume. An empty petrol can sat on the ground nearby. Tracy was quickly taken to the hospital, but the doctors struggled to even find a blood vessel on her blackened body to administer medication. Still, Tracy was somehow strong enough to talk to the police and give a full account of what had happened to her. According to Tracy, the two black men were wearing brown leather caps and thigh-length leather jackets. In addition to Birmingham accents, The men had also spoken to each other in a foreign language. The authorities believed this to have been Patois, a dialect used in Jamaica. Lastly, Tracy told the police that the two men had come to the house and were looking for Joey. They had never been after Tracy, but she was the one suffering the consequences of whatever Joey had done. For 12 hours, Tracy Mertens fought for her life before succumbing to her injuries in the early hours of Christmas Eve 1994. Needless to say, the first person the investigators wanted to talk to was Joey. He did admit to habitual drug use and confirmed he owed a significant amount of money to dealers at the time. However, Joey vehemently denied his issues would have had anything to do with what happened to Tracy. But even if the men were not after drug money, 
they had still asked for Joey by name. Tracy's death had everything to do with him, and there had also been at least one warning sign. Weeks before the brutal murder, and some time after the family moved back to Rochdale, Tracy and Joey's old home was broken into, and the word death was written on the downstairs window. The police believed the vandalisation of the house was linked to Tracy's murder, but unfortunately, nobody came forward to say they had seen who had broken into the home at Cattle's Grove. However, shortly after Tracy's death, a couple contacted the police and said they had received a very specific threat because they owed money for drugs. Apparently, an unknown person had called them and said if they did not pay up, they would get what Tracy Mertens got. But while the lead was interesting, it did not produce any results. The police also found it frustrating that even though the men who kidnapped Tracy drove a distinctive car, a canary yellow Ford Escort, there were no witnesses who would have seen the vehicle on that Friday between Birmingham and Eton. The killers had taken a huge risk abducting Tracy in the middle of the day, driving busy roads packed with pre-Christmas traffic and burning their victim in the churchyard. But somehow it had all worked in their favour. One big question was why these men had driven all the way to the small village of Eton. It just seemed too specific to be a completely random location. Either it had some special significance to the killers, or they wanted to send a message of some kind. Another question is why Joey Kavanagh so firmly denied his problems with the drug dealers could have been the reason why Tracy was taken and burned alive. Of course, admitting that you may be the cause of your loved one to be tortured to death is not easy. But for sure, Joey knew more than he was willing to say. Just months before her death, Tracy left their home and moved in with her sister, clearly terrified of something or someone. She did not want Joey to know where she was, but was it because she was scared of him or the people who were looking for Joey? Tracy mentioned to the police that the men who took her were talking in a foreign language, which most likely was Jamaican Patois. And in 1990s Britain, Jamaican drug dealers called Yardies were known for using extreme violence. To give an example, in 1991 in North London, a female Nigerian drugs courier had her face and breasts ironed by Yardies. They also poured boiling water over her head if she passed out during the torture. This was Yadi's way to ensure they controlled most of the supply of crack cocaine in London, Manchester, Birmingham, Nottingham, Leeds and Bristol. As John Brennan, 
Detective Sergeant of the South East Regional Crime Squad said, Yardi's power is based on violence to a horrendous degree. If they were ready to torture rival drug couriers with boiling water, why would it be out of reach to think they could send a warning to those who owed them money by torturing or even killing their loved ones? If you put two and two together here, the answer to what happened to Tracy seems quite obvious. However, there is another possibility that is even more sinister than Tracy being killed for a drug debt. As mentioned before, Tracy's trip to her old house in Rochdale hadn't been planned. Apparently, she chose to go particularly to pick up the benefits book, so the family would have money for Christmas. Only Tracy herself, Joey and her sister were aware that Tracy would be at 10 Cattles Grove on the 23rd of December. Was it just a coincidence that the two Jamaican men just happened to come to the house 10 minutes after Tracy arrived? Or had somebody called them and said she would be there? What are the odds that the house had been vandalised weeks earlier and then that one day when Tracy comes for a visit, the men are there? It's not likely that they had been waiting for weeks at Cattle's Grove for Joey or Tracy to show their face. One disturbing theory is that Joey actually wanted to get rid of Tracy for one reason or another, and that's why he sent the killers to their old home. However, this scenario is quite unlikely, as he rarely had any money, so how would Joey have paid for hitmen? Another possibility is that somebody in the neighbourhood was on the lookout voluntarily or forcefully and contacted the Jamaican men as soon as Tracy showed up at her old home. These theories sound far more likely than the killers just showing up at the house at the same time as Tracy by chance. Another curious matter is the way that Tracy died. The men hadn't just simply put a bullet to her head. Instead, they drove her one hour away and burned her alive while she was conscious. These men could have just held Tracy hostage in her home and ordered her to call Joey and ask him to come to Rochdale, but they did not. They took Tracy and they put her through hours of fear and horrendous pain. For what? If Tracy's death was supposed to be some kind of warning, nothing really happened afterwards other than two young children losing their mother. Obviously, we don't know if Joey eventually paid his drug debts, but as far as the public know, nothing ever happened to him after Tracy was burned to death. Despite Tracy's account of what happened to her and her very specific descriptions of the Jamaican men and their vehicle, the two suspects have never been identified. However, apparently, in 1995, a Birmingham man was charged with conspiring to murder Tracy, 
but the case was eventually dismissed due to lack of evidence. The police have said that they have DNA evidence from a sample, possibly a bloodstain, found at the Cattles Grove house, and they use this to eliminate suspects, meaning the DNA sample has not matched with any known offenders on the police database. So, even though it feels like Tracy's murder should have been an open and shut case, it remains unsolved almost three decades later. The murder was featured on Crime Watch in 2009, with the police pleading to the public for information. Just before the show ended, the police received a call from an unknown individual who gave them the name of a suspect and a reason for why Tracy was killed. Detectives from Cheshire Police followed the lead, but nothing seemed to have come out of it. Still, someone out there knows who these men were, or they must have saw the canary yellow car with the cuddly toys stuck on the window. Someone has the information to bring justice to Tracy and closure to Kelly, Daniel and the rest of her family. Leading the case, Detective Kate Tomlinson said, Tracy met a violent and horrific death at the hands of her killers. She was so brave and told the detectives as much as she could before she died. That information was crucial to the investigation team at the time, and several lines of investigations were followed. Despite extensive inquiries, no one has ever been charged with the murder of Tracy. Therefore, as Tracy's family prepare to spend yet another Christmas day without her, I would personally appeal to anyone with information about Tracy's death to make contact. Even the smallest amount of information can be crucial when putting together a case. A £30,000 reward for a tip leading to the arrest and conviction of those responsible for Tracy Merton's death still stands. Anyone with any information should contact the Operation Eaton Investigation Team on 101. Information can also be passed on anonymously via Crime Stoppers on 0800-555-111. Or if you prefer, you can contact me via email rhiannon at truecrimebritain.com To Kelly... Losing her mother at such a young age and in such a brutal manner has not been easy, especially knowing that Tracy died protecting her children. Kelly hopes that one day there will be justice for her mother. Quote, The happiest times of my life were with my mum, the memories I've got with her. I've been through so much on my own when she should have been there. She deserves to be at peace. I don't think she ever will be until these people are caught.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode and thank you for your kind messages of support, feedback, positive reviews and of course, your patience. I really do appreciate it and I love reading what you have to say. For transcripts, photos, credits and resources relating to today's episode, please visit www.truecrimebritain.com. If you'd like to access things like ad-free, early release and bonus episodes, I'd love you to consider supporting the show by joining me on Patreon, where you could get access to all that and even more rewards from just £1 a month. You can join now by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash truecrimebritain or see the episode description. Don't forget, you can also like, follow and or subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss a future episode. There are some big cases coming up and I wouldn't want you to miss out. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok and YouTube for regular case updates. Just search for True Crime Britain. If you're already supporting me on Patreon, you can find next week's episode already there waiting for you. I hope you enjoy the rest of your week and please stay safe. If you are affected by any of the content featured in today's episode, please see the show notes or visit www.truecrimebritain.com where you can find links to further support.